We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. What do you think about the Laker team now? You follow the box scores of the games every day? Just the Lakers. You're kidding. That is really a compliment. I was pleased to see you smile at the top of our show because once the game starts, you have a game face. You don't smile much out there. I don't think you have to do things for money anymore. Correct. What's up, Laker fans? Welcome to the Laker Film Room Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Pete, joined as always by Darius and Mike. And the Lakers are right in the middle of a seating crunch. We've got a whole bunch of different scenarios where the Lakers could be in the play-in tournament. They could sneak up to the sixth seed. Actually, even the fifth seed is not mathematically out of the question, although unlikely. And so today we're going to try to make sense of all of it. Mike, you've been uh, getting into this. I, I know you've you've sent us a couple of different scenarios and i know you've been on top of this please help us make sense of where we stand yeah so it's it's funny because i love this kind of stuff i just think it's fun to look forward to but it also a lot of times it doesn't matter quite as much as you think especially when you've got <laughs> the big dogs right when it like a lot of this still is contingent upon uh lebron and all that and the the game that probably made the ultimate difference although that could change was that portland game and I think that's why the team was a little bit extra frustrated with some of those calls in the fourth quarter. But we've been over that before. So I'll, uh, I'll let's just start by saying this. And, and I tweeted this last night. These are the scenarios just in terms of Portland. Now, Pete just referred to it. Dallas, there's a chance they could collapse. Very unlikely. Like chances are they, they just have to basically win a game or two uh, and they can get into the five spot. So if Portland goes four and over three <clears throat> or three and one in their final games, they're the sixth seed regardless of what the Lakers do. And here's the thing, though. Portland has perhaps the most difficult schedule of anybody left. Now, their first game, uh, which is which is actually Monday night. Uh, so you this will probably be up just before that. But it's against Houston. Houston has not been playing well. Uh, Houston, <laughs> to say the least. And the <laughs> Lakers also play Houston. So I, I think that's one that you're kind of chalking up for Portland. But from that point on, it's at Utah, at Phoenix and Denver. And Utah now has a real advantage 
to uh, to securing the one seed thanks to the Lakers, right? Thanks to what the Lakers did in beating Phoenix, but it's not secured yet. And I think both of those teams will be bending over backwards to make sure that they either stay in the one for Utah or Phoenix will be battling uh, to try and have any chance to avoid the team that just beat them without LeBron, without Dennis Schroeder, and without Kyle Kuzma. So uh, that's a, that's just to say that it's not likely that Portland goes 4-0. Now, 3-1, and one, there's a chance. But if you were just looking at those four games, guys, and you said, you know what, let's give them a split. Let's say that like two of those games are tough. They could lose to any one of those, especially those, uh, you know, Denver or Utah or Phoenix. And if they go two and two, then the Lakers are the sixth seed if they go four and oh. And all of a sudden, again, because of that win against Phoenix, here are the last four games, which you guys know for the Lakers. Knicks Tuesday, Rockets Wednesday, Pacers on Saturday and Pelicans on Sunday. So let me kick that to you guys for a sec here. And we can kind of get back into some other seating implications and who might be likely if they do get into the play-in. But I'm curious your thoughts on the Lakers' likelihood to run the table, all things considered. LeBron may be back. AD's playing like AD, right? There's a chance Schroeder returns for the last two. What What do you guys think about that part of it? I mean, could they go for Renault? Sure. I, do I think it's likely? I don't necessarily think it's likely. Um, it's just... In any given game, I think that they'd be favored, right? The indie game, especially, is indie's been playing so up and down. Um, some days they hate their coach, it seems like, or some of their coaches. <laughs> um, and Houston has been interesting, to say the least. They have had some wins that are like, oh, look at you, Houston. And then, but they're also in sort of full tank mode. I think, and they have um, reasons to try to keep losing in order to keep their pick. Yeah, the look at you, you mean like when Kevin Porter Jr. just scores 50 randomly? Yes. <laughs> You're like, wait, what? <laughs> what happened? And also, too, and I don't know if it makes you guys feel the same way, but when I start seeing guys like Kenyon Martin Jr., when I've seen an NBA player's full career, and then suddenly uh, their son, son. It's the worst. It's and the then worst. suddenly their son is in the league. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That makes me feel ancient. Right? I remember when Kenyon Martin Sr. was at Cincinnati. Yes. Right? Yeah. I remember when he wasn't a senior. So let's just That's keep right. it. Let's just <laughs> sure. keep it real with that. It, but the interesting game there to me, Mike, is the Pelicans game. Just because I do think that if the Lakers are fully healthy, they would be favored there but the pelicans are a team that really has something to play for currently so i'm sort of projecting out because the pelicans too are trying to get into the play-in and they're trying to sort of win out in order to give themselves a chance where they can make the playoffs too and zion's hand injury makes that trickier and if he's going to be available right then obviously if zion doesn't play then then that's that what say you though pete like i know that the Lakers are playing well and, and sort of I think that we all sort of feel a bit euphoric at this point ab about the direction and and their trend line. Right. And so would you would you bet that they go for and to close the season? I wouldn't 
I would bet it, depending on the odds. Uh, I think there's a decent chance that that we do go 4-0 to close out the season. Part of it is superstar Anthony Davis, I don't think, is turning it off anytime soon. Um, fingers crossed. We'll see. Yeah. Not, a, not a huge sample at this point. But I think that it has less to do with the other teams than it has to do with us in the context of our season. Being that we haven't been able to get any footing up until this point, this is the one chance that we have before the playoffs to get momentum, to get solid ground. And I think that we would all be feeling pretty good if we go into the playoffs, whether that's play-in or to a, a, a full-fledged seven-game series with on a five-game winning streak. And it doesn't have anything to do with those other teams. It's if we are motivated and clicking, and I think as LeBron comes back and however many games that he has, he's going to really value those. Vogel said after the Phoenix or before the Phoenix game, I believe that they're hoping for Schroeder to be back for at least a couple of the games to close out. We'll see how, how that works out. But I think you've got a Lakers team that is playing for goals beyond just those particular games. And so that will help protect against a, let down against the Houston Rockets, against the Indiana Pacers or the Pelicans without Zion. We're trying to ramp up. We're trying to all get on the same page and build toward the playoffs. I think we've clicked into that mentality. And so I think there's a pretty good chance we close this season on a, a five-game winning streak. So to speak to that last matchup, Darius, because you kind of circled against the Pelicans, I originally had two, uh, and that was before Zion went out. That was before you know Ingram is also out at the moment. And I think so San Antonio has the tiebreaker, uh, which is one thing to keep in mind with New Orleans. They're up two games in the loss column. Now, San Antonio's got a really tough final five games, but New Orleans is, isn't easy either. And the Pelicans are basically to the point where if they lose one more game and it could be their next game is against Memphis at Memphis, uh, that that could very well be a loss. Uh, then they play at Dallas. Dallas is desperate to hold on to their five spot. That's probably a loss, right, considering what they're at. Then they go at Golden State, another team that's trying to so, – and that's before the Laker game. So my guess is that the Pelicans will be out of contention, um, regardless of what happens with San Antonio by that last game. Then this is where it gets interesting, though. And this is where you start to think about if you're the Lakers, you know – okay, let me rephrase this. The Lakers have been very clear explicitly that they would prefer to get the sixth seed, no matter who is in the three spot. And there's been that mm -hmm. part of me thinking too, you know, thinking too much about it. Hey, really liking this matchup with Phoenix in round one and not that <laughs> worried about the playing game. And I, I know that I'm, I'm, I'm probably in the minority. It's probably stupid. I think you sort of, you take the guaranteed series out of it and all that, but just in terms of how things would line up, that's been something I've been thinking about and the team. So this now to factor in the Clippers and the Nuggets, that's why we're discussing this, right? So the Clippers are currently the three. The Nuggets are currently the four. They're a game apart. But since the Clippers blew their game against the Knicks on Sunday, oh? the Nuggets have a chance to catch them because they have the tiebreaker because Denver just beat them the other day. Uh, and, you know, Paul George struggled in the fourth quarter of both of those games. It, it brings up some of those same questions. But the Clippers have overall been playing better than a lot of teams. So it's just, it's fascinating to me, that part of it, guys, and uh, maybe Darius, let me kick it to you on this. Like, I think that, I think ultimately you have to, you have to go with what Frank Vogel has been saying as, yeah, look, we just take the thing, regardless of who, of who it might be, we're confident, um, but we don't want to deal with the playing thing. We'd rather have that week to practice and rest, whatever. So we're going right. to try to win these games. Okay. 
we're going to try to win these games and let's let all those other teams jockey and try to avoid then uh, being the three seed, right? If, if that's the case. And again, this might not come into play because Portland just has to, Portland just has to go, um, go three and one essentially. But if it does, then it gets interesting to me at the top of the standings. I think you hit the nail on the head with the question about rest and practice, Mike, is I think it has less to do with the idea of, of, um, oh, we might be the seventh seed. We might be the eighth seed. We like, like there's some variance there where we could be out of the playoffs entirely if we have a couple of bad nights. Right. And you really are just one turned ankle or some back spasms away from maybe not having one of your top, top guys. And I think um, insulating yourself from those things is certainly on their radar. Right. But I think the thing that's definitely on their radar is, hey, I enjoyed all of that time to prepare for my first for like Mm -hmm. in the bubble for some of these playoff opponents. Right. Like the Lakers did not really have that luxury in the first round because they had to play a play an opponent. Right. When Portland ended up getting the eighth seed by maneuvering the way that they did. The Lakers, I think, would appreciate a week of knowing who their matchup is and then having time to implement a game plan and sort of um, practice, get whatever nicks and bruises that you can get healed up or feeling better in advance of, of, of the playoffs. I think that's more the goal than worrying about the variance of things. How about you, Pete? Because I know that you often think of these things a bit through like a coaching lens as well. Well, yeah, the the point you made about preparation time, Vogel and his staff could not have had a more polar opposite experience from last year to this year in terms of preparation, right? Not only have we had the injuries, you also have this really accelerated schedule where they're fitting 72 games in a shorter period of time to get the season done earlier and hopefully get next season more back on the normal NBA calendar. And what happened with the pandemic last year is not only did you have the the bubble time to prepare, but you had the four months where there was no basketball at all. And so much of preparation, we think of it as preparing for the opponent, but it's really preparing yourselves, right? Is understanding that when AD is being three-quarter denied, this is where we're going to flash and this is your read on whether or not you're going to attack as that other big or you're going to throw that lob over the top to Anthony Davis. There are all of these little micro moments in basketball that you get to really get in the details when you've got four months off before you play your next game and you can get your coaching staff to, okay, JP, you're on this, Drew, you're on that, and you really have that that time and in the absence of that a week to be able to identify these things and apply them even within your own team even in ways that are not matchup specific to the first round opponent is tremendously invaluable and secondly there are two different mentalities right there's the oh we're going to try to manipulate the standing so maybe we don't go as hard in this game i think that's less frequent than we might think of it because that's not really how coaches and players think and it's hard once you get in that mentality to get out of it but there's also that mentality that i think we should have of 
like we're the Lakers, we're the defending champions, and if we're right, if we get ourselves right, that's a you problem where where we land as a seed. So let Port- Portland, Mike, their schedule is particularly amusing to me because after that Houston game, the the Rockets, the Nuggets, and the Suns, I believe, are their three teams. All three of those teams got reason to avoid the Lakers in that first round, right? And so that let them be the ones that are manipulating the standings that are worried about hey maybe we should do this or that let's us chase let's have us chase that time off that time to prepare and that time to really fully realize the team that we can be and so what what all this i think is going to come down to is sunday when every team plays and they haven't even announced like the game times yet but the nuggets are at the blazers and that to me is the game where now look on top of, of course, the Lakers and the Pelicans, but like the Clippers are at OKC that night. We know what OKC has been up to lately. And um, let's see, what's what's the other Western game I was looking at? Oh, yeah. So like the Suns are at the Spurs, you know, they're all it's all West on West. The Jazz are at the Kings. So I don't I think that there will that it's close enough that they're still going to be moving is my point on that day. And teams will know. Right. The, like the Nuggets will know if we win this game, we can mm-hmm. we will be the four or if we lose, we'll be the or, sorry. If we lose, we'll be the four. We win, we'll be the three, et cetera. And it'll be clear that if the Lakers win their game, they will be the six. Like based on what has happened, if Portland just drops one of those two games against at uh, at Phoenix or at Utah. And that is going to be so fascinating to me. And I think you're, you guys are right. So the Lakers, hey, look, just win all your games. Uh, j- just like play to win, get in a nice rhythm, and then you get your week to get ready for round one. That like that's the focus. If they lose a game, then they know they're going to be in the plan anyway, and then you can almost start prepping for it in a different way. And you can treat those last two games like you don't have to do anything with them, and that that could be an advantage in its own right, right? Like on that last day of the regular season, instead of having to push and you know make sure you beat the Pelicans, uh, maybe you think, hey, let's use this lineup, but ultimately let's start prepping for Golden State if that's who they think it's going to be, uh, or Memphis, who by the way play each other. Memphis and Golden State, so that. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Game will be um, for the right, most likely, to play who the playing game is. So that that part of it is what I think is going to be fun. And I just have to think, that these teams are going to want to try and avoid the Lakers in that first game. But guess what? They're not all going to be able to do it. So that, that's a, that I can't wait to see how all that plays out. It's going to be, it's going to be fun. That last Sunday is going to be a ton of fun. Let's take a quick break and we'll continue this conversation about the seating. 
Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help even more. With a Credit Karma money spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. When you use your Credit Karma money debit card, you can win daily instant karma purchase reimbursements on items up to $5,000. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot and your instant karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Credit Karma Money has already given away over $3 million in instant karma to 50,000 Credit Karma members and counting. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll be automatically entered to win $1 million. Credit Karma Money. Progress starts here. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash win money to sign up for free and start winning instant karma. That's creditkarma.com backslash win money. Instant karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated, member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. So even with the mentality of we want to win all of our games, hopefully we get to the sixth seed and avoid the play-in tournament, that is still the most likely scenario that the Lakers do end up in that play-in tournament. Since it's new, not everybody understands what the play-in tournament looks like. So Mike, can you help us understand this new framework that the NBA has for the playoffs? Yeah, so it's really kind of simple. You know, whoever is the seven is going to play the eight. If you win that game, you're the seven. If you lose that game, you play the winner of the 9-10. And if this, you know, the season ended today or at the time of we're recording, it would be Lakers and Warriors. Let's say the Lakers win. The Lakers are the seven. The Warriors then would play the winner of Memphis and Golden State. Uh, Memphis, by the way, as the nine there would get the home game. And the winner there would then Memphis, have to San go. Antonio. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Memphis, if Memphis beat San Antonio, they would then have to go to Golden State. And the winner of that game becomes the eight seed. So, as we discussed earlier in the pod, if the Lakers do win out and Portland does go two and two and they get the six, they would face either the Clippers or the Nuggets. And if that doesn't happen, they'll be in the play in and it could be the Warriors. It could be the Grizzlies. It will probably all come down to that Sunday game between those squads and whoever wins, therefore having the right to face uh, the Lakers in that setting. So, Mike, is that game in Golden State? Is is that the final game's in game? Golden State. All right. Yep, that game's in Golden State, and it's a so Memphis. Memphis has been up and down since Jaron Jackson Jr. came back. Ironically, they were in a nice rhythm before that, and I think there's been a little bit of Anthony Davis there, where he's he was out for such a long time, and now they're trying to integrate him, but he's not quite up to full speed, and but they have to play him because he's Jaron Jackson Jr. and he's so they've been trying to figure that part of it out. And it's been a little tricky, but they're they're dangerous. So I'm not I'm not taking them out of I'm not taking them out of this, even though I think everybody's just going to assume that Golden State, right, because of Steph's going to be able to win. So I don't want to ignore the Memphis part of this, but maybe as I contradict myself, we should still start with Golden State um, in thinking about what that looks like. No, we should start with the Warriors because they're currently eighth. Right. And they control their own destiny to a certain extent. And that that was one of the reasons why I asked where that game is. Right. Because if it's the last game of the season and it's eighth seed on the line and the difference between having to only win one game, right. Or 
if you lose, you're out when you're the ninth seed, then I want more chances. Give me more chances. Give me two rolls of the dice instead of only one. And so let's talk Warriors and specifically a matchup between the Warriors and the Lakers. I think the Warriors, even with Draymond Green, I think in a very similar way to Phoenix, they have an Anthony Davis problem. There's too much discrepancy in size, right? Yes. yes. And I see that matchup being problematic for them from the standpoint of, all right, so yeah, Andrew Wiggins, you've been having a great defensive year and he has, I think that he could be in consideration for like second team all defense, for example. And Draymond, I think, has been one of the most impactful defensive players this season. That said, if you're going to tell me that in a seven verse eight, if I want Andrew Wiggins defending LeBron James, right, and Draymond Green defending Anthony Davis, I like the Lakers' chances in those scenarios. Um, now, Steph is, of course, Steph, and he can go nuclear, and his chemistry with Draymond on the offensive end could will give any team problems. That said, if I'm thinking of players at the point of attack and guys on the back end who I would like in that scenario, it would be an Alex Caruso and a KCP and an Anthony Davis and a LeBron James. Those are the ingredients, right? Those are the types of players that I want there. Pete, from your perspective, I don't want to just like give the Warriors no chance at all. Did you want to play any devil's advocate with anything that I've said? Or do you want to just sort of continue along the lines of like the Lakers have real advantages here? Yeah, it's it's hard with them in particular. Just I, there are a few teams in the West where we're just a matchup problem for them in exactly the way that you said and that we just have too much size for them. And that with Steph... Steph is obviously the center of any devil's advocate argument that you want to make for the Warriors. It's like Steph's going to drop 49 and you're going to lose because he's pulling up from from 30 feet. Well, we are as equipped to – you don't stop a Steph Curry, but we're as equipped to limit him as any team. We've got KCP on the, the lock and trails. we got Alex with the ball pressure We've got bigs that can hedge high and come out and not just let Steph walk into a pull-up jumper. We are in a position to make other people beat us. And when you combine that with our size advantage, they're just one of the teams in the West that I think has difficulty matching up with us versus, say, a Clippers team that's got good front court size. Even if it's just at the forwards, there are places where they have size advantages over us that doesn't really exist with Phoenix and Golden State and even Portland that it, it just changes the game so much. Who knows? It's one one game. If we're in that seventh seed, even if we lose that first game, like you, you guys said, we we could we have one more roll of the dice. But with Golden State in particular, we lost to them when we blew a 19 point lead, which has become a bit of a, a concerning trend for sure. And hopefully that doesn't carry forth to the playoffs. But I just don't think that they've got an, enough. I wish I could make a better devil's advocate argument. Can you, Mike, for for Golden State? No, I mean it, it's a there's no there's no sensible uh, basketball argument for it. Assuming that LeBron is LeBron, and that to me is kind of the point that we haven't gotten to yet uh, in, in the last couple of pods. Like we're so LeBron is actually going to. Well, I don't know this. We're going to find out something probably by the time this pod goes up about LeBron's availability because the Lakers are going to have a practice on Monday. But 
the way that Anthony Davis described him, the way that KCP described him is he looks really good uh, in practice. Like uh, in, where he looked really good, I thought in the first half, obviously things got tight with the ankle. He didn't took the week off, but I'm, I'm giving LeBron the benefit of the doubt uh, based also on what I heard from Frank Vogel and his teammates. And so assuming LeBron is good and knowing now that AD is good, there isn't a team in the West that I'm, I'm not going to you know, pick the Lakers over um, in a series and even in a one game, in a one-off. Now, I, I think certain matchups could be a little bit more problematic, and, but Golden State, it really just is a good matchup for the Lakers, uh, like you guys have just covered. So it's not you, – you, you, of course, and I, I don't think the, the Lakers themselves, the team, you don't want to have any sense of arrogance, but you do want to have that sense of confidence that if we do what we do and we specifically have a game plan – for Steph Curry, which they do, they have for the last couple of years. They, it's it's similar to one that they have for Dame Lillard, um, and when they play Portland, it's similar to what they did with James Harden when they played Houston. That is something that they are good at. And Steph's going to have some counters, he's going to have some answers, but he doesn't have the guns with him um, on that roster. I, I think to really make the to really punish the Lakers for how they want to play against him. Yeah. And so I'm I'm going to trust that formula because we've seen it several times. So on the flip side of that. Rosy outlook. I think we all agree that Lakers are a good matchup with Golden State. I would argue that facing the Clippers in the first round in particular, when we haven't had a lot of time to gel, is that combination, like the difference between playing the Clippers in the first round versus the Western Conference Finals, I think is significant in terms of the time that we've had together, the time that we've had to click. I would argue that that circumstance a 3-6 matchup, say, between the Lakers and Clippers is the scenario in which the Lakers are most likely to get beaten. And so is there any, in your mind, Darius, is there any, we should be avoiding the Clippers? Is there any approach in that sense where I, I think that they've got the best shot against us and if they catch us early, that even enhances their chances? No, I do not. Tell me, tell me more. Why? Look, Remember a couple pods ago, we were talking about the um, basketball god sort of like raining down on Anthony yeah. Davis. And it's just like, hey, you know, you haven't necessarily been played hard this whole time. Like, we're going like, to rim now. out a few shots. Yes. I yes. see you now working, Anthony Davis, but I will, I will smite you one last time. And, <laughs> and this dunk that you had, not only will it. <laughs> not not only will you get fouled, but it will go all the way down through the basket. But my hand at the bottom will lift it That's back right. up through the basket, <laughs> right? And so there's there's a little bit of that, right? And, and and so the Lakers control their own fate. Let's not tempt fate, right? And look, are the Clippers the best shot? Sure. Well, guess what? You're the defending NBA champion. If it's if it's time, like. I'm going to date myself again here, but there was a middleweight super fight between marvelous Marvin Hagler, may he rest in peace, and Thomas the Hitman Hearns, right? And if you go back and and clips of this will show up on Twitter every once in a while because these dudes yes. did not like each other. And this was no. the golden age of middleweight boxing. Mm -hmm. And if you were a boxing fan back then, this was one of those ones where it's like, Oh my God, these dudes are finally going to get, get in the ring. And yeah, when they got in the one. ring, mm -hmm. they left, they left nothing to the imagination. Right. <laughs> yes. And yes. it was time. And when it's time, it's time. When, 
You put the gloves on, let's knuckle up, we're face-to-face, let's get it. And if we're not at our best, right, speaking from the Lakers' perspective, if we're not at our best, well, damn it, let's get there, right? And I do not duck people when it's time, it's time, man. Like, the cake is ready to come out of the oven. If it's a little bit gooey in the middle, well, too damn bad. Guess what? We're we're eating cake. We are about to get to it. So... Mm So, no, I'm not thinking about, like, oh, let's slide some to the seventh seed and slide right into Steph Curry's crosshairs. You were, you were looking for a devil's advocate argument, and you were mentioning that Steph is in the middle of, of any of that. Well, yeah, could I see scenarios where Steph basically puts Andre Drummond on skates at the top of the key when he's yeah. trying to hedge out high. Could I imagine a game where Andrew Wiggins goes six for seven from three? Could I imagine a game where, oh, this is the Michael Mulder game? Yeah, just some random guy. Mm-hmm. Happens all the time. Look, so am I trying to slide back? No, I'm not. And if it's the Clippers in the first round, then yeah, let's get to it. Let's get to it. Because yeah. if you're going to have to beat them, Mike, you're going to have to beat them eventually. And so let's get it over with already. And gangs of New York style, the knives are out and we go on to battle. I think that's the attitude you have to have. I think that's the attitude that the team will have. The only standings manipulation stuff comes from, you know, folks like us or just fans that are thinking, and fans are always going to want to going to do this to some sense. What's the, what's the path of least resistance to the finals? Right. Just, that's and that's right. a natural thing, but it, Darius, I like your point, and I like that mindset, and I think that's what the coaches should tell the players. I think that's what the players should tell themselves. So, but the the path of least resistance would be to play, I think, by a little bit to play Denver um, earlier than the Clippers. But guess what? Those teams are going to figure that out, and they have weird schedules. Both of those squads are on the road for their final four games, and it's, it doesn't matter as much in this pandemic wow. season. Like I, as I've said, I mean the Lakers have been better on the road this year. Than they've been at home, but nonetheless, they're on the road. So Denver is at Charlotte, at Minnesota, at Detroit, at Portland. And, you know, Charlotte is trying to win, uh, is, you know, a decent team, uh, not great. The Timberwolves are playing well. They are actually incentivized to lose, but are not playing like that. And so that becomes all of a sudden a pluckier game uh, than, in, than you might expect. Um, Detroit, I think you can kind of chalk that up um, as a win, although they've actually been playing kind of plucky. Uh, with their young guys, and then it's all about that Portland one. Um, and then, like, the, the Clippers' last four games, again, also all on the road. And there, it's a little bit easier. So it's at Toronto, at Charlotte, at Houston, at OKC. And I'm I'm now, I think I'm, I'm good on the Lakers' part of this discussion. We know what they're going to do. They're going to try to win these games. We'll see what happens with Portland. I'm just more curious to see if Denver or if the Clippers – just start resting dudes. And I think the Clippers would be the one that would be more likely to do so um, and sort of say, hey, we're if we lose these games, that's fine. We'll go ahead and slide to the four and then uh, in get, you know, get Dallas in round one and then get Utah most likely in round two and avoid the Lakers in theory into the Western Conference finals. So like I and, and honestly, if I were one of those teams and I, I am against tanking generally, um, as a, as a spirit rule, like there are certain times where I guess it makes sense and, and you hate to do it and you just call it development. Right. But if I were either of those teams and I could control, if I were going to be the four versus the three, boy, would I rather be the four this year? Because sure. 
Either sure. you get the oh, here's what you know for a fact: you get the Lakers in round one or two if you're the three. If you are the four, you cannot get the Lakers uh, until the Western Conference Finals. So I don't know, man. I I don't know if that's something that they'll take into consideration or if they're just going to have that same sort of let's just let it play out and we'll see. Yeah, I think that the other teams are more likely to avoid us than we are to avoid them. And like you said, it's there's a ton of incentive. It was funny reading the Phoenix Suns fans comments after the game where we beat them without LeBron and it was a wire to wire double digit win. Like I, I saw so many comments like we just had the best season we've had in like a decade. This is so much fun. And our reward is going to be the defending champion Lakers. Pete, why don't you think Utah was rooting so hard? You, you saw Utah fans mm-hmm. rooting for the Lakers. Right. Yeah. Every, everyone's been chirping, but now we're, that we're getting close. No, yeah. To, it, yeah. The Fisher Lied girls were wearing LeBron jerseys. Like, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Bro. Hey, hey Derek, Pete. Hey, both of you. That's a, that is a good point because there's been a lot of there's been a lot of Utah's the best team in the regular season, uh-huh. and it's like, well, then yeah, wouldn't yeah, work well, let's so keep much about where the Lakers are. Then. Yeah. 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 Let's let's keep them out of the Lakers bracket, though. Right. But, uh, like, thanks for letting us lock up the one seed. I know we're all we're all friendly with David Locke, but I had put out a the scenarios tweet about Utah and Phoenix. And here, let me just let me just pull it up here in one second because he retweeted it, and I think was probably speaking for Jazz Nation, right? Uh, when and and so let's see, it was if Phoenix loses tonight, which they did, their chances of being the number two seed increased considerably. Uh, and then it was if Utah goes four and zero or three and one, they're the number one. If Utah goes two and two. Phoenix has to go 4-0. If Utah goes 1-3, Phoenix could go 3-1. If Utah goes 0-4, Phoenix could go 2-2. And And so that part of it signifies right there that it's like, you know, Utah's in really, really good shape right now. And then as the Phoenix was making that comeback, Locke retweeted it and said something along the lines of like, you know, come on, Lakers, like you can't lose this one now. So, um, (laughs) Uh which I respect, which I, because look, it's, they're not dumb, you know, Right. Like they saw, like they saw what what everybody else saw, and it's it's Anthony Davis, and it's uh, and then there's just like LeBron with the occasional social media post, you know, get, get, it's gonna come again. Like, all right, and you even the way that he w- walks around the bench, he was doing this before he came back the first time, and so I know that we need to see it again, but yeah, it, it's all obvious, and we'll keep talking about it. But it, it's uh, I I think that we're all in a in a much more comfortable state of mind. Uh, knowing what, what what we expected to see has started to come true. Absolutely. Anthony Davis looking like a superstar is a bomb for a lot of ills. So going to be a, a fun week in the NBA, right? Seeing the degree to which teams manipulate the standings or, excuse me, rest players for the playoffs and do all of that. And I expect our approach to be pretty straightforward and let's get as good as we can, try to get that week off for preparation. But either way, going to be a lot of fun. We'll be here for all of it. But until then... You've been listening to Laker Film Room Podcast. We'll catch you guys next time. James has got it in low to McHale. McHale wants to turn his double team. Just pass out of front, broken up by Worthy. Tip to Magic. Worthy dies on his belly. Magic scores. There's Magic got it. Magic fires. It's good. And the Lakers win the game. The Lakers win the game. Three seconds left. Van Exel to win it. It's on the way. Kobe Bryant, 48 points, 16 rebounds. With his eighth block shot that ties an NBA Finals record. A lot of Laker fans sticking around for this. You're seeing something that's very rare indeed. 
a Laker to get MVP chance right, in, Boston. in Boston. Of all places. Are you kidding me? Kobe. Hard to believe. Are you That's kidding it. me? Unreal. Are you kidding me? Lakers looking to push. Ryan spinning in the lane. Back for Gasol. Pretty pass. And it's back to a three-point game. Kobe Bryant picked up by Bell. There's the move. Two. Listen. It's over. Shot clock out of five. Bryant. Yes. And that was a little tough to Alvin Gentry. That insult to injury, Kobe. I mean, what a shot. I mean, you can't defend that. Are you kidding me? 2.1 seconds remaining. Denver a foul to give. Jokic trying to disrupt Rondo. He puts it in. Here's Davis. 4-3 in the win. Oh, it's good. Anthony Davis has won it for the Lakers. James again. Oh, he hits another one. LeBron James putting together a closing quarter against the Nuggets. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers conquer the bubble, and banner number 17 will soon hang in the rafters. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.